Are we recording? <laughs> oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Like, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour. Right? You're good by the next day, as long as you had a sandwich and a net. Alright, in today's episode we are going to go through um, our introductory, sorry, we're going to go through our introduction on pain. Uh, we will make our way specifically into exercise-induced pain, uh, but we thought we'd go through um, an introduction of, or a quick introduction, of uh, just the concept of pain so everyone can kind of follow along. Uh, please note that there will be probably a couple mistakes in this because it's an extremely uh, dense topic. Um, yeah, and we've done our best to try to get our heads around the subject in a relatively short period of time. So what is pain? It's, uh, it's generally um, described or defined as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience. Um, and whether that's for actual or potential tissue damage. And so I guess more so in the exercise-induced pain, we're going to get into the, it's not actual, it's potential tissue damage. We're thinking about it like that. And, it's, and pain is a subjective experience and elicits an emotional, and it elicits emotion because it is unpleasant. Um, I'm, sh- I'm not sure if everyone would agree with that, but I'm, or to agree with this, or I'm, I would say that pain is definitely relative to each person. Um, there's another, there's a couple concepts that we'll, we'll get to uh, with regards to how that, um, how it is indeed relative. Um, and there's two, there's a couple little, a couple little uh, dichotomies here. So one thing, there is pain perception, which we were talking about earlier, which you couldn't hear. Um, Tom might release all that stuff later. He's not going to. Um, <laughs> so there's pain perception, which is obviously the conscious sensation of pain, how that hurts. And there's something called nociception. So it's generally unconscious. Um, and something we were talking about in uh, prior to recording is um, one of the best examples to use of that is the hot stove example. So you put your hand on a burner and you pull your hand off before you're ba- you basically sense that there's pain. Like your hand comes off the burner before it, before you actually can sense that, oh, wow, my hand is burning. You're definitely going to feel it afterwards, but you pull your hand off almost automatically. Um and we'll get into kind of what that means in terms of exercise performance or how it could be interpreted. Um, but basically, nociception is an unconscious uh, physiological process, and pain perception is the conscious awareness of what's happening. Um, another thing, uh, this, and uh, um, I, I guess we'll post a couple examples as well to the uh, to the podcast notes. But a good a good author to look for is Lex Malger. Um, He's uh, yeah, he's him and his team have post or done a lot of research in this area and specifically in the exercise induced pain area. Um, and a, a one thing he he makes clear or um, is you can uh, with regards to pain you can um, you can break it into two categories uh, to think about it and and one of them would be sensory discriminative pain is what they classify it as. And so what they say with that to we just call it category one, um, it's a location. Uh, the cause of the pain and the intensity of the pain, and so let's again, let's just say like I don't know, standard. You're you're going for a run and someone shoots you in the leg with an arrow. So okay, well, <laughs> I hate when that happens. It's just like Ace Ventura, right? Like someone <laughs> throw the try blow dart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throw the blow darts. The three darts is too much. Um, right, so you're like, okay, well, the pain is in my leg. 
It was caused by an arrow, uh, and it's extremely high because it's in the bone. But because you're in the middle of running a marathon, um, the second category is the effective mo motivational component. So the emotional response you have, how unpleasant of it, how unpleasant is it? And so I guess you can kind of contextualize the pain. So if you're literally just standing on the sidewalk and you're like, man, that was brutal. I got an arrow on my leg. But if you're kind of running to the finish line, you're like, I could kind of deal with it for a second until I get across this finish line, and now I'm in unbearable pain. Um, but that said, that the, uh, the, the intensity of the pain coming from your leg is really no different, but the experience of it is modulated by your emotion, your attention, what's happening. Uh, actually, I think the best example we were talking about earlier is, is like the example of childbirth uh, versus pick, pick another example. Like you're literally just walking around the house and you, <laughs> you, like, you stub your toe. That's a great one because that freaking that sucks especially if you get the pinky toe on the corner of the bed or something it's like like the world is ending and you're like this is so stupid i don't care about this i should not have hit my toe nothing good is going to come from this versus um, a woman giving birth uh, the intensity of the pain is probably magnitudes higher than that um, but the purpose of it will then contextualize the pain and what you're willing to accept and what and how it actually feels for you so again, there's two things. There's the sensory, there, there's the, basically the actual pain coming from the place uh, of origin, and then there's the way it's going to be interpreted by your central nervous system, and therefore your, how you're going to perceive it. Um, and what uh, I did mention earlier about the relativeness of pain. So um, this is uh, there's lo there's lots of research uh, on this, but we'll just talk about pain uh, a pain threshold first. And I'm not sure, if, did you guys read the Did I send you the article about the, uh, it had nothing to do with exercise-induced pain, it was just more so with regards to physical, inact physical inactivity? Yeah, 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 that one. Um, and it, so just, just think of it like, just, uh, I, just I, I don't know how, how we would rank it, just think of like, like uh, the amount of pressure. What would be a good example? Like just basically uh, how much pressure someone's going to push on your leg before you're going to notice there's a pain signal, okay? So... We have three groups of people, like people who uh, people who aren't active, people who are active every day and you know recreationally active, and people who are athletes. The people who are inactive are going to have generally have a lower threshold for pain, so they're going to have an experience of pain sooner than someone who is active. And this is we're just talking sitting down on the floor here or sitting down in a chair. Uh, people who are recreationally active on a regular basis will have a, a slightly higher threshold generally than the non-active people, and athletes will have an even higher threshold um, than the than the recreation active people. Um, yeah, and it's just it. Into uh, I wish I could just tell you exactly why that is, um, but I don't I don't know why that is, and I haven't read why that would be specifically to give you a good mechanistic example. Um, but I'm pretty sure everyone would be quite. Uh, they would kind of just nod along with that, right? And go, yeah, that makes sense. Like people who are athletic, obviously they, there's some, something about that process of going from not active to athletic top of the top of the world in your sport. It kind of hardens you in some respect in whatever it is, right? Um, and then another example of how you would adjust your pain tolerance, you, well, you go from being not active to active to athletic. Uh, and then just in general, the, the actual context of it, if you're just seated and doing nothing, your tolerance for pain will be higher if you get up and run around. Um, and I think that, that goes back to my fantastic example of having an arrow shot in your leg. So if you're just stationary and you're doing nothing and you're relaxed, your pain threshold is likely lower than if you're actually being active. Um, so what, like, what's like, 
what's it called? Oh, yeah, like I guess a good example is imagine you're just warming up and you kind of skim your shin on the box, right? That hurts, like, literally take me to the hospital. If you do that in the middle of, like, the last event of the games, how much does it hurt? How much does it hurt? You're like, it hurts, but it not, doesn't hurt as bad as much right now. Like, that didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. Um, but the, the actual, the, 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 because you are active, because you have a lot of muscular contraction, because you have a lot of blood flow, because you have a high respiration rate, because whatever, um, it is affecting the way that your brain is perceiving that signal. So then, therefore, it just doesn't seem to hurt as much. Um, it's almost like there's too much noise in the signal. Yes. So, and that's a, which we, I wouldn't really want to get into. So basically, um, like the signal comes from your muscle, which um, I, I always said that I kept saying Noki, but it's nociception. I don't know. I wanted to say Noki. Cause I just, uh, <laughs> and Alyssa was like, <laughs> she like, like, like Noki, like pasta. <laughs> no. I'm actually reading it and I was like, I hope these guys know how to pronounce this word because I have no yeah. clue. Um, yeah. So basically at the, at the so the the pain signal comes from the muscle, comes from wherever, but as like a, as it gets sent towards the central nervous system, the spinal cord, the brain, it can be modulated. So what Tom was saying, there's lots of noise in the system, and yet yeah, that that pain signal can be modulated by external factors that can then affect it, and that's likely what's happening there with the act, with the activity side of it, right? Um, okay, so pain. People kind of, I thought hopefully we gave you a little bit of a background on that and just some, some uh, I guess a little preamble. Um, and now a special, I guess like a special section of pain would be exercise-induced pain. So what we're most familiar with and what we're really going to talk about here, um, kind of what it is and um, and more so I guess how it affects your performance. So exercise-induced pain is, is, um, is unique uh, in the fact that... Um, where is it here? Uh, it's naturally occurring uh, without any real lasting damage. So what that means is that the basically you can just get on a bike and start pedaling really hard and you're going to feel like things hurt once you start crossing a certain intensity and then if you keep going, keep going to total exhaustion, there's going to be some semblance of pain that you could rank and you could give as a number. Um, and then five minutes later it's gone. Like It's like, God, it doesn't hurt anymore. It's just, it's gone. Or depending on, like, I guess how fit you are and depending on how intense you go, it might cease as soon as you stop or shortly after you stop or it might seem like that. So that's what it means by it's um, it's kind of transient, right? It appears while you're active. It goes away when you're not active. It's not like a broken leg. You st- you fall down from running, it still hurts. You're like 10 minutes later, it still hurts. <laughs> it's like, it's, it, don't think of it like that, right? It's, it's, it's a transient experience that's caused by exercise. Um, and which we were talking about earlier, the exact mechanisms uh, for what this is is not exactly uh, uh, elucidated yet. I did mention the intensity is a factor. Um, I'm not sure if I could... I, I think about this when I'm running every now and then, um, but the one thing they keep coming back to in the research is that usually when people cross the gas exchange threshold, which again is synonymous with the first lactate threshold, blah, 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 um, Basically, when you go to it, when you're working out past a point where, you know, you can't talk and run anymore, you're getting like uh, in the power duration world, you're now in the heavy domain. That's usually where they where they say that people start um, perceiving pain or muscle pain is that is is from there up. And then generally, it's a usual pretty linear correlation. The higher in intensity, usually the higher perception of pain uh, associated with the activity. 
Um, so, but some of the mechanisms that they have said would be considered uh, would be considered uh, noxious biochemicals. Uh, one example they go through th uh, thoroughly is protons, and which is related to lactate production, hydrogens, uh, etc. Um, intramuscular pressure, so just the contractions. So you're just like running up a hill. Um, the actual uh, the actual pressure uh, involved in let's say the quadriceps, coupled with the protons in the legs coupled with uh, potential deformation of the tissue. So again, there's lots of stuff going on there, but basically just think activity, work harder, you produce byproducts, more owies, right? <laughs> just, just keep it simple. Like work hard, muscles doing stuff, byproducts, owies. That's how it works. Um, and it's probably not specifically linear, um, but just for what we're going to talk about here, just, just think of it like that. Work harder, more owie. Um, should we go into the, uh, yeah, why not? Okay, so what this is is that there's, there's, these little, uh, there's these little nociceptors in your muscle in all different areas around your arterioles and, uh, and the interstitial space, whatever. Um, and these nociceptors go to the spinal cord, which then goes to different areas of the brain, which is what's going to produce that signal, right? So you start, you start um, exercising, you go really fast. These nociceptor fibers in your muscles start signaling, wow, there's a lot of, uh, like, let's just, again, there's a lot of owies going on down here. And then it just sends greater and greater signal to the spinal cord, which then you, get, you generally perceive as more and more pain in your brain. Uh, and it's not that simple. There's lots of little problems with that, but um, that's as far as we need to go with it to help people understand. So, uh, yeah, there's these little tentacles, fibers in your muscle that sense these things. Um, and generally, the more, like, the harder you work, the more intensity you have, there should be more byproduct. There should be more signals. So there should basically should be more, um, those, those, th these afferent fibers should be sending more and more and more signals back to the spinal cord, which is where you would get the greater and greater s perception of pain and more and more pain. Um, I guess along these lines, one. So this is this is where we we're getting at the the idea of the nociception. Um, as just the the one a one off example. Uh, so what I was explaining there of these muscle afferents, these nociceptors, that is nociception. So it's not a conscious process. That's just happening. Like the muscles, the, these little fibers sense this in the muscle. It's sending these signals back to the brain. That's an unconscious process. It just happens. Then you perceive the pain of what's happening, right? In the example uh, we gave earlier, which we were talking about um, before we were recording, was about the hot stove thing. So your hand starts burning on the stove, you pull your hand away right away. Um, that's likely because of that nociception, um, because it's a, a massive trigger to the, to the brain that, wow, that's a lot of pain, or it's going to be a lot of pain. There's massive signals. And yeah, you pull your hand off the stove. And then you go, yeah, wow, my hand's burning. <laughs> but you've already pulled it off, thankfully. So what, the, what a lot of research works on here, um, and this goes back decades, is how this would then impact. So basically, if you, it goes along with this increase in intensity. So as you accumulate more and more and more byproducts, so basically as these nociceptors um, are sending greater and greater signals back to the brain, they're sending inhibitory signals to the brain. That's the thinking. So you're gonna then it's gonna be or it's it should it should therefore reduce um, central motor command and that this goes back to this is like a central governor type uh, thinking I don't want I'm not gonna classify it as that because it's it's it is different but for, if people know anything about fatigue theories this is this is kind of where you would think about that so 
basically the muscle sending all these inhibitory signals because there's a crap load of uh, metabolite accumulation in there um, and therefore the centromotor command so how hard you can drive that muscle further is, is supposed to be reduced to, as a, as a pr protective mechanism type thing. Um, that, 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 that's definitely a debatable issue uh, or a complicated issue, let's just say that. But that's, that is what they do. Um, and these fibers do other stuff too. But these are called group three and four afferents for all the real nerds out there. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really just like writing a literature, I'm just like reminding myself, oh yeah, I gotta look that up later. Okay, so now we're, uh, now we will each give our best example, or I guess to us our most, uh, <laughs> I guess our, our most memorable example of exercise induced pain. And um, I'm sure any, anybody that listens to this uh, who is active and trains hard could pick an experience. And again, we're not talking about an experience where, yeah, it was brutal. I broke my leg. Like, no, we're not talking about that type of pain. We're talking about exercise-induced pain that's transient that will not cause long-term damage. It just hurts in the moment. Just psychological damage. <laughs> Severe psychological damage and dread. Um, so my example, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, uh, is I, I, I can't say it's the worst I, I don't know. I can't say it's the worst pain I've ever I've ever experienced or exercise induced pain I've ever experienced. Uh, but it, I definitely it's definitely one of them. Uh, it goes back to twenty I think it's twenty eleven. Um, so I'll tell you how long this ago. This is when Max L Hag was working for my brother <laughs> at, at OPT in Scottsdale, and Max was there. Um, anyway, and then um, I think Marcus Philly was there. Nate Schrader was there. Danny Nichols was there. Dave Mulback was there. <laughs> Seriously, he was. It was amazing. Um, yeah, actually, quick funny story about that. <laughs> one thing we did there, we did a one rep max power clean, and then we did like as many as we could in eight minutes at 90% of that. And like, I don't know what I got. And I kind of came here with the reps I got. I probably got 30 or something. Dave got like 35 or 40. I, I was really surprised that he got that many. Um, and here I remember saying to James, I was like, yeah, because I'd been coaching Dave at that time. Um, I was like, yeah, we've been doing tons of aerobic work since. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he's that strong, but it does. I guess it kind of makes sense as to why he got so many reps. Like, if, I guess he improved his recovery really, and that's and we were calling it CP battery at that time, right? Um, and of course, God love him, Dave was only using 85. <laughs> percent Anyway, but one of the other tests we had. Uh, that time um, was a three-minute air bike for Max Cowles. And the guys were doing it like different ways of like basically the most common the most common option people did was the interval option, right? You kind of hammer it, slow down, hammer it, slow down, hammer it, slow down, which is it, it, in align with the words we just used, it's, it's noxious. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of pain. Anyway, uh, and this is on the old, old Airdynes, I think. Um, and I remember like a good score used to be like 100, remember it was like 300 cals in 10 minutes on the old Airdynes, which is basically equivalent to 200 um, on the newer air bikes. I, I would say like maybe a little bit less because the 300 didn't seem that hard by the end. Um, either way, I got like 150 or something or 100 and 140 calories in three minutes. And I was legitimately writhing around in pain for 30 to 40 minutes. Like not like, not like oh god this is i'm tired and i'm gonna go to sleep like no i can't i can't walk i can't move my legs i can't stand up 
if I put my legs up against the wall, I'm just moaning. It just it was just a complete complete explosion of pain. It was off the charts bad. Um, I've had a few of those experiences in my life, but that one was that one just sticks out to me because it was just like you know this, this gang of bros just in this small room <laughs> banging out this uh, this air bike test, and then everyone's just like it's just a yard sale afterwards, right? Um, yeah, but uh, it's it's just so funny, right? Because it doesn't it doesn't hit you so bad until you're finished, right? Until you're really done, and then then it gets worse and it gets worse. Um, and I'm sure that's got something to do with obviously the active, which we were talking about earlier, the activity of the muscle and using and recycling lactate and pumping protons and hydrogen out and moving it around. Versus when you stop, there's the utilization of that is stopped or it's slowed down dramatically because it's just not needed. And then you get a lot of owies. Um, <laughs> what's another example? What Scott? What do you got? We got a couple that come to mind. Uh, the first one being. What was the what open was it? Where it was 21, 21, 18, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3, thrusters and barfaces and burpees? 15, couple of 14, 14. 14. Yeah, because I didn't do it in 15, I don't think. That one for me was one of the worst. Because I just remember, I don't know what round, I think it was around a nine, maybe around a six. When I finished my burpees, I went to pick up the barbell again, and I legit saw two barbells. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> Just finish this workout, get through it, finish it. And then I literally laid across the hood of the gym owner's truck outside for 10 minutes and didn't move. Like just head down because it was kind of cold. And I just stood there. And that was, that was the worst I'd ever hurt till that point, I think. Um, that was a lot. That was a lot of pain. The one that kind of is kind of similar to yours in terms of like leg pain would have been um, the outside the box. I think the very first one. 2013 the, the 100 meter sled push sled. at 50 kilos on the sled rest 60 seconds 100 meter f- sled push back i wasn't dave malbeck bad on that one i didn't come in and nap in this office but uh <laughs> it was it was one of those ones where you're like you get halfway back on that second 100 meters and you're like oh my god <laughs> and then you finish and it's just like full-on like explosion <laughs> like it just takes over and it won't let go and yeah. it hangs on for yeah a long time yeah <laughs> that was that was that was probably the worst like i would say pain of experience exercise induced pain but the discomfort was probably that open workout i just like i was hurting so bad i didn't even get a good score on that workout i was just like so messed um yeah i think we'll cover we'll, we'll discuss more about that in the next episode about that uh like what's what what is pain kind of potentially what is pain doing during that to inform what you're doing and your performance but that's a yeah i love these stories jason i think the, the the most recent and vivid one in my mind is that yeah ski for three minutes all out the critical power ski test because like i've done lots of sled stuff and it hurts i've done lots of air bike stuff and it hurts but it was just i think it's the experience of different things hurting than i'm accustomed to and then it's not like you can slow down. You just have to keep mm-hmm. going for the remainder of the test. And I was just, I was like, I don't, I didn't want to, but I did. And I just, I, I hurt. I hurt a lot. 
<laughs> that's it. That's the only. I remember the the hand. You just letting go to the handles and just slowly. You tried to like. You tried to get on the bike. That was the best. I was like, he's not. He. There's no chance well, the, he stay on that bike. The 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 novel stuff was just because pedal it, it out. It was in, it's entirely anterior, so it was like my core and my quads and everything was on fire. Yeah. Where I'm accustomed to my my glutes and my hamstrings yeah. and everything, but that that was like too much, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I vomited. It is. It's quite it, a lot. It's odd. <laughs> it's odd, right? The ro- yeah. I guess the, the rower does that too. Yeah. What about the time outside the box when you deadlifted the hang clean? That that was the <laughs> other time. Close. That that year I, I we, that that sled, that sled test that outside that the was box amazing. was I sold my soul to beat Serenko and I was on in set s- one crushed yeah. him. That was the decreasing yeah, weight one. Yeah, and I was in such pain. I thought I won, and then Brent comes in and just walks through it <laughs> and walks away. I'm like, fucker. <laughs> that was great. All right, Tom. I got two. Um, the first one w- would be the Moxie test. I think all the athletes here at OPT know which one I'm talking about, but it's 20 seconds all out. A minute, 40 second rest for three sets. And then during the minute and 20 seconds, and after you finish the third set, you have to sit there and you can't move. And I feel that is the worst experience of just feeling the pain creeping on into your legs. and you can't get off the bike yet and even still like once you get off the bike it doesn't feel any better you just can't find any kind of relief walking around laying down but we were in the middle of an athlete camp and i think i was on the ground for 20 30 minutes so you guys had to start the next lecture while i was I, still i just remember <laughs> you, legs sit, on the wall. you sit you sitting against the wall with your hands on your head <laughs> yeah i'm like tom's not learning jack shit in this section was not absorbing anything <laughs> there's nothing there's, um yeah the other one, this I thought about it when we were sitting here, is um, the first time that I did outside the box and that 800-meter nose hill run, oh God. which I still think of like uh, the four that I've done, that was the worst run event. So the nose hill run, it was uh, Gibby, Serenko, and, um, and Cam. Cam <laughs> and Serenko actually... That, or, uh, that was Cam and Gibby. Too. That was Cam's retirement party. <laughs> yeah, Cam and Gibby had beat me in that heat. Um, but the way the hill was is that at the top, a lot of deception. As you there. come up over the crest of the hill, you think you're done because you see this uh, little marker, but it's still another 50 meters, and it's a slight incline at this point. And you're trying to hammer it as hard as you can, but you feel like you're actually just speed walking yeah. to the finish. <laughs> like you think you're like, wow, okay, the, the finish line is up here. Let's go, let's go. And you guys went hard. Yeah. And the finish line was like 200 meters past where you thought it was. And so you're just having to carry your carcass for another minute. It's yeah. just like so funny to watch that. So yeah, you, we all finished. And I think we were laying on the ground again, like 20, 30 minutes, all of us. And that's where they got the nice picture of Michael oh, smiling with the rainbow dude, in the background. Fantastic <laughs> and all picture. of us are just dead. So, that's so classic. Yeah, I think we had to help each other walk down the hill. Um, yeah, I guess, well, just while we're on the topic, well, this would be a good little tangent of the podcast, um, which it kind of goes back. It goes back to what I mentioned with the nociception and then how it affects the group three four muscle afferents which they're how it can affect the central motor command and that's how they're suggesting that like well you're gonna it's gonna reduce the how much work you can do to be a protective mechanism for whatever reason um but it's kind of it so either it fits together with the power duration relationship 
and it and it just helps the power it, it just helps the critical power w prime concept make sense um or i guess it's just kind of an interesting uh note about physiology and about how the power duration relationship functions right um so what tom has explained to you and like this is a classic this is what like uh, a classic central governor thing um and i'm not i'm not suggesting they say this with all um uh with all scenarios but there's uh, there's a, there's a cla- one of the classical things is the end spurt phenomenon or well, they call it a phenomenon so let's just think like you go to row a 5k um and then you know the last 200 300 meters you start hammering it to speed up right uh, and they're suggest and one of the suggestions, right, is that like the brain is now okay with you speeding up and is going to permit you to work that hard and allow you to work that hard. And you know, as an athlete, it, it kind of feels like that. You're like, it does feel like I'm I'm allowed to work harder now because the end is so close. Um, but one of the main problems with that um, is that it that it fits directly into the W prime critical power concept. So. If you're if the critical pace for you on that rower is let's just say two minutes per 500 meters, uh, and you row at 202 203 for that 5k, you are going to have W prime remaining to finish the event. You will because you're likely be in some form of a metabolic steady state, so you will have you will have W prime work prime to utilize before the end of the event. Right, you will have that. But what Tom is what times Tom's describing to you. Is a scenario where because because they've they they got the di- they got the paces wrong or they they projected the end time wrong which was on purpose might I add that's why I picked that position and picked that hill and that distance there's no way to speed up he can't speed up like Tom can't you can't speed up you can try but there's no W prime remaining so you can't work faster than the critical speed. So all Tom can do is go with a critical speed to finish the event, and that's it. Um, and Jason would ex- what Jason would explain to you, or or Scott when Scott did on the rower, is at the end of the rower, the end of the ski, you can try and go as hard as you want, but you can't. You can't go faster. Um, and to me, the way to interpret that is not that you're being protective. It's you literally don't have the resources to produce the force output. But it all, a lot of this all works together. It all works together. And we're going to cover a little bit more of that in the next episode. Oh, it was just that, like, your perception of pain will definitely inform your strategy. Because if you took a look, look at your um, your three minutes for max cal test on the air bike, that's not the difference. That's a very different test than uh, your critical power test. Very different. Because you're doing that up and down, up and down, trying to manage your pain and you manage your pace and trying to get the most calories out of it. Whereas if you're doing the three minute test, it's like you're intentionally trying to expend all W prime mm-hmm. in a short, like, and that's it. And then what do you have at the end? Yeah. The, I, I remember people, I remember, I remember that's why, that's why like, I really, I don't, I don't love calories for tests because I, I hate that, that yo-yo of thing that you can try to game the game it right to get it, to get the right calories. That's why I don't, I don't like, I don't love it unless it's short because like you you can't game 60 seconds you got to hammer it and that's it you can't game 30 seconds you got to hammer it 10 minute one you know i don't really care it's more like more so what you want to know with the this is a different discussion but more so what you want to know with the rower and the bike is what happens after doing fran and then you gotta then you gotta do like the bridge section of the workout is 100 calories in the bike right that's more so what you're c- c- gonna be concerned with with the pace on people so 
just as the example of the three minute test I did, I, I hate, I, I really don't like that. I don't like that strategy, but <laughs> what it ends up doing is probably maybe allowing you to produce more pain. But I don't, I don't, I don't believe that either. I think like if you did the critical power version of it, where it's just all out from the get go and hang on for dear life, I feel like that's worse than what I did. That'd be way worse. Right. I just feel like that, that would be sheer misery because you're you're, you're, <laughs> allow, you're allowed to slow down for those 10 seconds yeah. so the perception of pain yeah. doesn't increase exactly you can stop briefly and if you think about what you're trying to do with that is you're trying to like you're trying to utilize the w prime as effectively as you can or you're trying to hammer it out and then stop and hammer it out and stop and hammer it out and stop because the way calories are rewarded on the air bike is is just it, it's it's not linear right yeah. like so it's exponential in terms of how many rpms you have <clears throat> anyway um yeah so we'll catch you next time thanks for tuning in if you like the episode and know someone else that will please share it with them as it helps to grow our reach if you haven't done so already please leave us a review wherever you listen for questions about topics covered on the show or topics we haven't covered yet send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com we do read the emails and have some topics that were submitted by listeners and we plan to cover them in the near future you can follow at optimum underscore performance underscore training on Instagram to find out when new episodes are available. And last but not least, if you guys are in Calgary, come by and check out the gym. We offer individual design as well as personal training for those close by. If you live far, head over to optimumperformancecalgary.com to get information on remote coaching and athlete camps. Catch you guys in two weeks.